This is the Key to Authority Podcast, episode number 42. Welcome to the Key to Authority Podcast, where it is all about helping you unlock the secrets of becoming the go-to expert in your industry. And here is your host, Janish Pandya. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 42. I'm really excited about this one, as this has been recorded completely different till all the episodes so far. This episode has been recorded in a video studio with Todd Hutchinson and his crew at Film My Video. So the interview is a little bit different because it was optimized for video purposes. I can't wait to share this with you. And if you want to check out the video of this, go to keytoauthority.com slash EP042 and you'll see the YouTube link on there. And today's episode, we talk about people's behavior styles, their flow, and how to get things done with Todd Hutchinson from Peopleistic. Todd is recognized as a prominent business leader by WA Business News, resides in the Hall of Fame of Worldwide Who's Who, and is an international best-selling author. Known as the corporate mechanic, Todd's qualifications include an MBA from Deakin University and a Master of Commerce from Curtin University, as well as being a world champion in music. He's also currently studying law at the moment. Todd's a really great guy and he knows quite a bit in regards to how people work and how to get work out of them as well as how to get work out of your own self. So here's the interview with Todd Hutchinson. And today I'm with Todd Hutchinson in his studio, film my video where we're going to talk about behavior styles and how to get exactly what you want. So Todd, tell me a bit about Peopleistic, what you do there and why is it that you still do it? Well, Peopleistic was formed because a lot of people weren't clear on what they're doing. So we actually help businesses and individuals get that clarity. Business, we call that strategy. And then the next challenge is what's stopping organizations achieving their strategy. So we, if you ask me what I do is I actually go looking for garage doors and they're the inhibitors, the barriers, the things that are slowing down, stopping or hurting a person achieving their results or a company. So the last part of that is actually strategic execution. And that's what we're talking about, how to get that strategy executed. But we found that it's actually all about people. So hence our name, peopleistic. Istic meaning connected to or associated with people. At the end of the day, even the biggest projects in the world, they're stopped or slowed down because of people and politics. So when you really understand the people dynamic, you can then get the results. And I guess it's all about the people. So Todd, what is the key when it comes to getting things done either for yourself or either with through people? Well, the first thing is, what is it we want to get done? When do we want to get it done? And who do we want to get it done with? So when you actually answer those questions, we can then ask the how questions. A lot of people come to me as a corporate mechanic, they ask me the how question, but that's the last part of the cycle because the questions I'm going to ask you back when you ask me how do I do something is what do you want it to get done, when do you want to do it, and who are you doing it with? Because that will tell us how fast you want to um, move. But once you've got that actual clarity, it's actually then working out how you operate. It comes back down to your behaviour style. Some behaviour style is more extrovert, introvert, some want more information, less information, some want to move faster, some want to move slower. So when you understand your behaviour style, then you've got to look at mechanisms like action lists and goal plans that allow you to then write out what is the actual next step. But I recommend that you also look at when you're feeling highest energy. 
Because what I found is when you, most people, when they feel really good, high energy, their natural energy point of the day, they go and do fun stuff. And then when their energy goes down, they don't want to go and do those important things they had to do, such as that report. And as a consequence, I'll do that tomorrow and it never gets done. So procrastination goes really wide. In reality, when you're feeling your natural high energy, whether you're a morning person, afternoon or night person, that's when you do the hard, important stuff. And then when your energy comes down lower, you go and do the fun stuff. And what that actually does is picks up your energy a little bit. So you actually get more done because you're doing the hard stuff at your most natural high peaked energy point, And you're doing the fun stuff when your energy was going down, which would naturally pick up. Because you think about it, if you went home and you're feeling really low on energy, but someone rings you up and says, do you want to come and do this thing? It's your favorite thing your energy automatically comes up. And that's because we can control that. We can control the neurochemistry being released. But you've got to align your success and the key things you want to achieve to your natural energy cycle. Because I know I'm a morning person. So the last thing I want to do is tie myself up on fun stuff in the morning because that's the time I'm going to get the most results done. Todd, you've proven yourself to be a high achiever. What is the secret to your high performance? It actually comes down to something I call flow. Being in flow is where you do things easier, faster, and more efficiently than anyone else. It actually ties back to your natural behavioral style. In fact, if you find out your natural behavioral style and start putting time, effort, energy, and training and everything in there, that's where you'll find it's the fast track for your success. In fact, it was Malcolm Gladwell in a book called Outliers that pointed out there was tended to be a relationship between 10,000 hours of education, training, experience to become a master or an expert at something. What I've found, it all comes back down to understanding your behavior style and then building on that. Because when you're leveraging your behavior style, that's when life gets a lot easier and things are a lot more fun. Yeah, and in regards to your behavior style, what are the steps to go about learning or finding out more about it? Uh, very good question. There's a lot of models out there. We use extended disk. And the reason why we use extended disk, it is the one of the most validated tools in the world, but it also explains what your style, your natural style is, and what you're actually doing, which is called your adapted behavior, or your perceived need to adjust. And effectively, we want to make sure those graphs look the same, because if they're looking different, you're not actually in flow. And when you're in flow, you're using less energy. But if you're actually doing something that's not aligned to your natural talents, you're adjusted because the work environment or the job you're doing, you'll find you use a lot of energy. So you can go home absolutely exhausted sometimes, and that's a cue that you're actually not in flow. So we start with behavior styles, but at Peopleistic, we overlay that with an eight core style. It's just that extended disc ends up being the best tool and most accurate tool for us to get the results of what your natural style is. And I've heard you talk about the three key steps you follow to take individuals and businesses to great success. So Todd, what are those three steps? Well, the first one goes back to that flow. Now, if you use an analogy of a car, this is actually about having the right car and all tuned ready to go. It's about knowing where you fit and what your key role is, going back to that natural style. So first step is getting to flow. For a business, that includes getting the whole team into flow. The second step is to recognize that you've got to actually use that flow in a direction and use that energy in the right way. So from a business, that's about having a strategy. For an individual, that's about actually having personal goals. So going back to that car analogy, now you've got the GPS, now you've got the map, and you've got the destination. So you're set up to succeed. But it's a third step. 
that actually becomes the problem. And that's where you've got the car, you've got it tuned, you've got the GPS, got the map, got the destination, but you're sitting in the garage with the garage door down. And that garage door tends to be the fears, doubts, limiting beliefs, the way we think, the things that are actually holding us back. It may not even be us, it could be other obstacles in our way. But when you're in flow and you've got direction, it's when you lift up that garage door that you come accelerating out and that's the fast track for success. That's where people go to millionaire, millionaires to multi-millionaires. Yep, and I guess in that terms, the garage door is like an inhibition. So why is that that those inhibitions make people so complex? Well, the complexity of people is not just their behavior style. In fact, we found that there's four levels of complexity to the human being. It's just that the behavior style is the easiest one for us to predict where your success is or what roles you should be playing. But if you look at the four levels, the first one is behavior style. And again, as I mentioned, you're born with it naturally, but you can adapt. The second one you're also born with, we call this your human representative system or communication style, but you can also adapt in that. And you would have heard about this because people walk around saying they're either dominantly visual people or auditory people or feelings people, which is called kinesthetic. Mm. In fact, take a training environment. A lot of people that are visual need to see the PowerPoint presentations. The auditory people have to hear the person, the trainer, and the kinesthetic people have to do the activity. So the VAK system, as it's called, is a key piece that tells us when we meet someone, that's when you click with someone, you're actually on the same human representative system. But again, you can adapt. The third one is probably the most important one in the work environment in terms of the challenges we have, which is the values and belief systems. And that comes with a culture, that comes with religion, the bad experiences I've had, the attitude I've got, etc., which ends up being one of the key factors that we end up going in the organisation and addressing. Because the fourth one is actually your personal knowledge and expertise. And that's why we say we hire you because your personal knowledge, expertise and behaviour style, but we often sack you because of misalignment with the values of the organisation. So Todd, do our thoughts have such an impact on our results? Definitely when you look at it, our thinking impacts our behaviours and actions that gives us our results. And the challenge is, if our thinking's not right, then we don't end up doing the behaviour. So I might have the best behaviour style to get the absolute results, but my religion or my culture says I'm not allowed to do it. So I don't actually take the action or I don't exploit that behaviour style, so I never get the results. And being a world champion, I always go back to the analogy to say, most world champions you talk to, they're actually already thought they were world champion before they competed. It's as if that we've practiced so hard, we believe we're a world champion, and when you think that you're a world champion, you actually train like a world champion. And when you train like a world champion, you actually get the results. Just look at swimmers like Michael Phelps, the USA swimmer. He actually had visualized every day with emotion that he was going to win eight gold medals at the Olympics. And that's what actually happened. But if you go back and say what happened before the Olympics, well, if he believed so strongly he was an eight gold medal Olympian, he would be training like an eight gold medal Olympian. That means he probably wouldn't be querying, should I get up to go to the pool at three o'clock in the morning? Because an eight gold medal Olympian will do those things. And when you're convinced, then you actually take the behaviours or actions that get the results. So if you're having any challenges in your life, the results aren't working, actually go back and look at your thinking. It actually starts there. So Todd, you talked about Michael Phelps becoming a swimmer in terms of him visualizing. So what is the first step to create that vision or bringing that visualization out of yourself? We always have to start working out what you want. And often people have never determined what they actually want. In fact, we often say we're still trying to work out what we want to be when we grow up. 
The reality is we've got to spend a lot of time and a lot of the answers are actually in your natural behavior style. Going back and saying, what's my natural behavior style pointing towards roles and everything? And what's my passions suggesting that I should be spending my time in? When you align those two things up, that's when you start getting clarity on who you want to be and what you want to achieve. When you know what you're wanting to achieve, then we've got to start using those techniques like visualization with emotion because memory requires emotion. So when you think about it, if you're driving home one day, you won't remember much of the journey. But if you see a good looking person or someone cuts you off in the traffic or your favorite song comes on the radio, you remember those moments. So we do things that actually bring out our passion. That's why passion and emotion goes so strongly together that there's usually a link between where your success is, your natural style and your passions together. And I guess that brings towards the change aspect. They say that change is the only constant thing. So can people actually change? Absolutely. In fact, the behavior styles, we found that you can adapt. You adapt your behavior style based on the situation you're in, the environment you're in, the people you're around. But what we're talking about really is the big change in a person. Can a person completely shift their thinking? Well, the answer is yes, but sometimes for some people it takes a life-changing moment. For example, I might be an atheist, a person that doesn't believe in God, which I clearly don't. Uh, I'm not an atheist, but uh, if I was an atheist, then sometimes something could occur, like you might see an angel, and that would completely convert you over to being uh, a person that wasn't an atheist and total believer. So that's a life-changing moment that sometimes shifts what we're about. And when you look at it, values are like branches on a tree, and beliefs are like the leaves. So if I shifted from being an atheist to a believer, all the beliefs go with it. But the real trick is this. When you're not doing something in your life and you're trying to work out what is not working, you've got to go back and say, what's the why behind it? See, the why is a critical key success factor because I will not run into a burning building. But if you said to me, Todd, your daughter's in there, I'll be running in there before you even finish the sentence. So the trick is, if, something's, if you haven't got the motivation, if you're not getting on with something, go back and question, is your why strong enough? And from that why, how do people go about taking control of their thoughts to deal with those doubts, fears, and limiting beliefs they have? Well, unfortunately, there's a lot of fears, doubts, and limiting beliefs in all of us. In fact, I don't think I've ever met anyone or heard of anyone that's successful that doesn't have the same. It's just a natural tendency. In fact, even in the absence of information, we make up sad stories, and they're often negative. For example, if my wife was late, is she, is she, is she had a car accident, is she having an affair? We often connect a negative to it. So you've got to be careful about taking more control of the mind. And how we actually do it, the way you look at it, is if you've got these doubts, fears, and, and limiting beliefs, it's the subconscious that's got this little voice in your head. So I might say, I'm good at something, but the subconscious then has this little voice that says, no, you're not, no, you're not. So it's whatever the loudest voice wins. And how we get to control our thoughts is through techniques such as visualization. And the visualization must have emotion with it. So if I'm visualizing who I want to be, they've actually found that the same neural networks activating in the brain as if it's a real life experience. It actually explains why compulsive liars often end up believing their, their lies because they've got emotion connected to it. If I use that in a positive way and visualize who I want to be, what I want to become, I start believing that. And therefore, by thinking, impacts my behaviors and actions, that gives me my results. But there are other techniques, such as affirmations. Affirmations is about saying what you want, but you must say it in a way that you believe it to be true. 
Because I, if I'm overweight and I say I'm skinny, I'm skinny, the subconscious starts laughing and says, look at yourself in the mirror. So you've got to say something that's actually true for you. For example, I might say, every day and always, I'm getting slimmer and healthier and I always feel abundance of energy. Well, the brain won't fight that because you're saying every day I'm getting. It's not saying I'm skinny, it's actually saying something that the brain's not going to fight. And when you're not fighting with the subconscious, if you keep saying stuff, and we say with affirmations, when you say them, say them with emotions and six affirmations at the same time. And then when you remember it again, go and do it again. And at a point there, with affirmations and visualizations and writing your goals and looking at your goals and having vision boards of all the pictures of your goals, what you're doing, you're getting absorbed into the subconscious. And that becomes your dominating voice, which then takes away a lot of fears, doubts, and limiting beliefs. Of course... Action also shows that those things are wrong. So it is actually about facing your fears and getting on and getting it done and then adjusting to make sure until you get the results and that will make you feel that you're achieving and that can overcome fears, doubts, and limiting beliefs because you're already proving you can do it. I always go back and say, if you think you can't do it, stand aside because the person one, the next person is going to be trying to do it, you're actually in their way. And at the end of the day, there's not many things where people haven't achieved. So you just got to go and look at anything you want to do, who else has done it, how did they do it, and model what they did to achieve it. And you also often say that success is about accepting inconvenience. So could you expand on that? What does it mean? In fact, it's one of my favorite sayings because I study law on the side. I've, I've never had a year off of study, so I've, I've collected a lot of qualifications over years. And each qualification has helped me position myself in the business world. But it's actually inconvenient to study. It's inconvenient to go out networking events. It's inconvenient to wake up early in the morning to go to work. It's inconvenient, etc., etc. And when you look at it, success is actually about accepting inconvenience. Because I know that those things are inconvenient, but they're the very things that other people aren't doing. It's very convenient to stay at home, sit on the lounge, watch TV, but that's not aligned to the success. But once you realize a lot of the things that you do is inconvenience and you actually accept that and welcome inconvenience, getting up in the morning, going doing those things becomes a lot easier because it comes a bit of a joke. And that's why I say success is linked to doing the things that other people don't want to do, which is often the inconvenient things. And to get success, is it critical to have a mentor or coach for a business? Very good question. In fact, first thing we've got to understand is what is the difference? See, a mentor is a person that may have coaching skills, but usually is more of a role model. They've done it before. They, they're talking with a voice of experience. Whereas a coach may never have done what you're trying to achieve or aspire to, but they actually know the process of getting you motivated, getting goals clear, etc. To take, for example, a sporting event, you'll get some coaches that just know the process. They've never been champions themselves. Whereas other coaches, you'll find they actually were a champion and now they're teaching, which means they're more the mentor style. Now, understanding that, the world is born and, and developed around people. So we need people to guide us, help us, point out our blind spots and give us guidance and even sometimes just feedback or soundboarding. So having a mentor and a coach is absolutely critical. But there is a warning in here because there is a saying that says, if you follow someone that's successful and do what they do, you'll get likely similar results. It's actually called modeling. The challenge with modeling, of course, is if you don't pick someone with your behavior style or similar, you'll find that you won't stick with what they're doing because whoever's doing whatever you're opposite to your behavior style, 
that's very hard for you to do because your natural your natural style isn't the same as theirs. And therefore, if you try and do what they're doing, it's going to take a lot of energy. It's never going to be as easy as they find it. And therefore, you often give up before you see the success in the formula. So the trick is definitely have mentors and coaches, but also recognize that the concept of modeling is picking someone that's super successful around your behavior style because what they're doing is going to be very consistent to the success formula that you naturally have through your behavior style. And I guess it's about matching that frequency with them and matching that flow. Absolutely. But sometimes you've got to recognize that they might be in a different industry. But if you study them, if you look at what they're doing, you'll find what the formula is for that style. And once you understand the formula and apply the formula and use feedback and adjust yourself, you'll then realize whatever they've taught you is actually applicable to your life, even though it could be a different industry. So what would be the very next step for someone wanting to get into flow? Well, the first thing is actually look at your own results. If you're doing really well and succeeding, chances are you've aligned yourself to your flow. If you're not, or you're finding you're absolutely exhausted when you go home, it's not because of long hours or fatigue-based work, having very low energy is a sign of being in the opposite to flow, which is called ebb. It's a bit like fighting upstream, whereas flow is actually going least resistance going downstream. So in all cases, I highly recommend that they should go and do some form of extended disc, ideally, but some form of uh, behavioral profile, because that means that then they'll know exactly what their style is. Now, the reason why we use extended disc is, as I mentioned, not only was it most validated in the world, but it also said, here's what your natural style is compared to what your adaptive behavior style is. And you get total insights then to say, what do I need to adjust to get back into my flow? But a lot of research now, and certainly we publish a lot of that research, indicates what natural blind spots are. And blind spots, as you know, is things that you may be doing that others see that it's not ideal. For example, sometimes it's the fact that you know, you're doing something at work and someone says, oh, I hate when you do that. And you go, I don't do that. And then you go home and talk to your wife and she goes, yeah, you do that all the time. You go, oh, you don't understand, you don't work with me. And then you go back to your work colleagues and everyone's saying, yeah, that's what you do. That's a blind spot. But the most important part of behavior styles that really shifted myself was they also have found to have fear sensitivities. So fear sensitivities are things for each natural behavior style that unduly influences your thinking. And therefore, remember, the thinking impacts our behaviors and actions that gives us our results. So if I go back in my own life, going back to those three key steps, at 15, sorry, at age 17, I was running five businesses. So I've always been running businesses all my life. So I thought I had enough experience. I then looked at the direction and I said I wanted to have a global company. But I couldn't understand what the garage door was because I wasn't going global even though I know sometimes that's a time factor. But my own style, my behavior style, actually said that the fear sensitivities were based on losing control and being taken advantage. Now, the sad thing about those two, that suggests that I naturally don't want business partners, because what can they do? Take advantage of you and um, take control. So once I realized that and I had insight to that, I then said, geez, that's just a risk. I can manage that risk. And when I did that, then overnight we became a global company. So Todd, what is an action that our viewer can take in regards to implementing and getting exactly what they want? I use a little activity called LPU. I wrote down all my likes, all my passions, and all the things that were unique about me. That allowed me to identify where I was really going. Because your likes are the things you like to do. I like to teach, I like to train, I like to speak. 
the passions are the topics. So I like to teach, but I like to teach project management, leadership, etc. And the uniqueness is qualifications, some people multilingual, all the things that are different about them. You put those three pieces together, you really actually understand who you are and where you're going. Where's your key to success? Thanks a lot for your time. Really appreciate you coming along. My absolute pleasure. Wasn't that really insightful from Todd and the knowledge he shared was absolutely great. I really loved it and I also loved the whole process of doing a video interview. It was one of my first ever green screen videos with full on camera setup and everything. I was a little bit nervous, but I pulled through. So for today's action, go ahead and carry out the LPU exercise. Basically, write down all your likes, all your passions, and all the things that are unique about you. And this will help you understand who you are and where you're going. This is the key to success, as Todd mentioned in the interview. For all the details and the show notes and also the video of this interview, go check out keytoauthority.com slash EP042. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love your comments on what you thought about this episode as well as what Todd said and the video. So make sure you leave a comment under the comment section on the show notes. Talk to you soon and keep getting things done. Thank you so much for listening to the Key to Authority podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share at www.keytoauthority.com. We'll see you next time.